Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Welcome to Christmas Day. I wonder how your day began. Were gifts exchanged already or are they to happen later on? Or maybe they even happened last night, depending upon your family tradition. This morning, we are going to open up God's Word and we're going to complete a series we've been doing entitled, A Gift for All. In preparation for that, you might like to turn to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew's narrative of the life of Jesus, chapter 1 and verse 18. I'll read it in a moment. Many of us will be very familiar with this passage. And familiarity can mean we lose something of the wonder and meaning. So I encourage you to sit with the text. Even if you are familiar with the story, let's let it enliven us again. Because this story, this account, is about the fact that God entered the world as a baby. Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah many centuries before. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But as he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and then he gave him the name Jesus. Before I start my sermon, I'd also like to acknowledge the creative writings of one Max Lucado, who brings this story to life in a wonderful way. You see, it all happened in one little moment, a remarkable moment, but nonetheless a moment. On the surface, that moment was like all the ones that had gone before and those that would follow. But the reality was this moment was unique. In that segment of time, the spectacular, the unbelievable, the inconceivable happened. God 
became a man. While life on earth continued unaware, the divine arrived in their midst. The all-powerful one in one instance made himself breakable. He who had been the spirit became touchable. He who was larger than the universe became packaged in the form of a little baby. He who sustains the whole of creation became dependent upon the nourishment of a young girl. God as a fetus, holiness, sleeping in the womb, the creator of life, being created. God was given two eyebrows, elbows, two kidneys and a spleen. God had come near. Emmanuel, God with us. He didn't come with flashes of light or of an, uh, in the manner of an unapproachable conqueror and great ruler. He came as one whose first cries were heard by a peasant girl and a sleepy carpenter. The, fan, the, the, the hands that first touched him were unmanicured, calloused, and likely dirty. There was no silk, no ivory, no party, no fanfare. And if it weren't for the shepherds, there wouldn't have been any kind of reception at all. Mary was the name of the peasant girl who gave birth on that first Christmas morning. She was a virgin and she was married to a man called Joseph, a tradesman, a carpenter. And Mary had become pregnant by the work of God. Is that unbelievable? Yes, it is. It's incredible. But it is completely out of the realms of human understanding. So it'll remain unbelievable if we only approach this account with human understanding. But if we shift our frame of reference, if we shift our worldview from a human perspective to a God perspective, then nothing is impossible. God created the universe and all that it contains. So what would be so hard about getting a young teenage girl pregnant? It's all a matter of where you start, a human perspective or a God perspective. So God was born into the world as a little baby boy. Now, in Joseph's day, the naming of the child was easy. The father made the choice. The child would be given the family name. The child uh, needed to carry on the father's line because this placed them in the family and in the inheritances of a heavily patriarchal society. It was the man's, the husband's bloodline that mattered. But Mary was a virgin, so who really is the father? You can imagine this question would have gone through Joseph's mind as soon as he found out she was pregnant. Then an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream and explains to him, boy, that must have been a relief on one level. Nice to know, but... Pretty awesome, amazing, 
perplexing, mind-blowing. Nonetheless, a relief that it wasn't another man. The angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You are to give him the name Jesus. I wish it had been that easy when we were deciding on names for our kids. God is so involved in the birth of this child, he has already chosen the name. But the giving of the name is not to be overlooked, not because of meaning or the weight of implication, but because human beings are given names to identify them as persons. We do not classify babies as a species. We do not label them with a chemical compound and we don't assess them on economic uh, potential. We give them names. While the name may carry meaning, the really important thing is that we are named. And the child born to Joseph and Mary was named. He was recognised as a person just like you and me. Many of the names in the Bible that refer to this child are nothing less than palatial and grandiose. Listen to some of them. Son of God, Lamb of God, Light of the World, Resurrection and Life, the Bright Morning Star, the Alpha and the Omega, these phrases stretch the boundaries of human language in an effect to capture something of who this child is. They're trying to capture what is uncapturable. It's a bit like representing a human form in a stick figure. It just is inadequate, isn't it? The message is too big for the medium. And it's like that with language. The term, there are no words to express, apply when we try to come up with descriptors for this child, for God. You see, no names really do him justice. But there is one name that captures the nature of him uh, for both those who are bewildered by him and those who are compelled by him. All who encounter him engage with this one name. It's not too small and it's not too grand. It's a name that seems to fit perfectly. Jesus. In this name, this name it was a very common name in the time of the Gospels. In, in the writing of the Gospels, it's the name that is used most often to refer to him. It's used some five or six hundred times. It was a common name in Joseph's day. There were at least five high priests in the Jewish temple with the name Jesus. And the Jewish historian Josephus refers to about 20 different people who carried the name Jesus. 
In fact, it, it remained a really common name for over 200 years beyond the birth of this Jesus. But then, over time, out of respect, its use basically disappeared. Although it still occurs in particularly some Hispanic settings. So God, in naming his child, distanced himself from grandiose titles like the Reverend Holiness Angelic Divinity III. Instead, when God chose a name for his son, he chose a very human name with meaning and significance, yes, but common. The kind of name that would have appeared two or three times in any school class role of the day. Even this name Jesus, the naming of him, is an expression of the title Emmanuel, God with us. He was one of us. He was touchable, reachable, and most importantly, he was ordinary. You wouldn't notice him today by the clothes he wears or the fancy jewellery that he flashes around the place. You, you can almost hear him saying, just call me Jesus. Think about the implications of this for a moment. When God chose to reveal himself to humanity, what medium did he end up using? A book? No, that came later. The church? No, that was as a consequence of this revelation. A moral code? Well, no, you can't limit God to some clinical list of do's and don'ts. What God chose to reveal himself was surprise of surprises to be present in a human body. The writer of the book of Hebrews captures this, captures the significance of this. When he writes, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weakness. Of course, a high priest is one who stands in that gap between humanity and God. And we do not have a high priest that does not sympathise with our weakness. He has lived as a human being. And when we read the accounts of his life, we find that people constantly feel free to come to Jesus. They feel free to approach him, free to touch him. They came wherever he was at any time of day or night, men, women and children. Why? Because he refused to be regal and aloof to them. He refused to be like a priest in an elevated pulpit, distant. He instead chose just to be Jesus. While there were those who were envious, him, though, uh, envious of him, those who uh, misunderstood him and those who revered him, there was not one person who considered him too holy, too divine or too celestial to approach. There was not one person reluctant to come by and come near if for fear of being rejected. We need to remember that. 
Remember the next time you find yourself amazed at your own failures. Remember, Jesus never rejects us. Remember that it is men and women who create the distance, not Jesus. Jesus always builds the bridge. I wonder today, as we celebrate his birth, do you feel free to come to Jesus at any time? And if not, it's worth considering, why not? What, what are the barriers in your case? Back to the name. What's in a name? Well, Jesus is actually the Greek uh, expression or uh, form of the Hebrew name, Yeshua, which means to deliver or rescue. Jesus, his very name points to his purpose in this world, the reason for him being born. And the angel spoke of it when he spoke to Joseph. Give him the name Jesus because, why? Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus was born to bring to the world a means of reconciliation with God often called salvation. You see, because of our waywardness, because of our arrogance, because of our self-sufficiency, because of our ignorance, because of our self-centeredness, our relationship with God was broken. We had offended a holy and perfect and loving and gracious God. And because of his perfection, imperfection cannot be in his presence. It's like dark and light. So something had to be done. And that is what Jesus wants to see to. He was there to solve this issue. How do we restore the relationship between God and humanity that had turned their back on him? The greatest gift the greatest gift we could ever receive is this scandalous gift of the very presence of God in our world. God with us. Emmanuel. By this gift, God is reconciling all things, you and I included, to himself. Not in a distant, impersonal way, but with us, near us, present, personal. Will you unwrap this gift this Christmas? Now, folks, I I'm not sure where you are at with God. How could I? But I know where he is at with you. He has entered our world because he wants to have a relationship with you. He's strong enough to take it on. He's strong enough to take on the running of the world and to shoulder the burdens you bear. I wonder this Christmas, have you received the good news of God come near, of God's presence? Have you found this in Jesus yet? Would you like to trust your life to King Jesus today? Experiencing then 
the transformative work as he reconciles you with God. In, in a moment, I'll lead you in a prayer. But let me just say, I'll say these words out loud. You just say them to yourself and own them yourself. If this is where you're at at this moment, let me pray. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I have heard the good news of your nearness today. I acknowledge that I am in need of a rescuer and I thank you for coming to rescue me. I want to trust my life to you and to experience your joy and peace. Please help me in this. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, firstly, let me say congratulations. And secondly, can I encourage you to, to tell someone? You might like to uh, raise your hand by pressing the button on the screen. Maybe even press and ask for prayer. We would love to journey with you and help you discover more of Jesus. I also know you may not have been in the place where you're ready to pray that prayer. In which case, I just want to encourage you. Find out more about Jesus. Look into who he is. It's a great adventure of discovery. God bless you this Christmas. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.